Welcome back to the PYP, the Practical Youth Pastor. I'm your host, Chris Holland, along with Steve. Hello, Chris. Johnson. Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Steve, it's good to see you. Your voice is back. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Just a little hot tea and some rest. I know. This is awesome. And our special guest today is Jeremy Smith. Jeremy, how you doing? Doing well, brother. It's good to be with you guys. That's awesome, man. And Jeremy is creator, director... CEO, CFO, I don't really know <laughs> what is your exact title of Rethink. Janitor. What is it? <laughs> I'm also the janitor. The janitor, too, <laughs> of Rethink 315. Uh, it is a practical apologetics for youth ministry. So it, it's any of those words in any combination you want to use, I'm pretty sure is what it is. But Jeremy, I've known for, I don't know, seven to eight, nine years at, at this point. Um I don't tell this brief story of how I met you as we were recapping it earlier. Um, there's a another podcast slash radio show that's been on for, I don't know, 30 years. Um, the White Horse Inn, if you listen to that. And uh, Shane Rosenthal, the director or ed- uh, editor. What's his title over there? Man, he, he was – he's had a few different titles. Uh, I think he's running their their – main white horse in radio program currently but he's uh i think transitioning i think mike horton's coming back to do a little bit of that and they're doing some stuff called core christianity those guys are super busy but yeah. um yeah shane's had a you know kind of a higher tier uh executive level position there for uh i don't know 20 plus years from what i remember yeah well so jeremy was on that uh pitching and talking about how uh, this this other ministry he was attached to with youth apologetics was uh, really effective, and uh, Shane's daughter or daughters had gone to the camp, and um, almost all of his kids at some point or another. But yeah, at that point, I think it was just his oldest daughter, who, who is awesome. She's fantastic. Um, and so anyway, I it, I felt that I could just tell there was a deficiency in our youth ministry, and everything that they were talking about was something that fit. What I felt like, and I and I was right on that. We really needed. I was just very weak in youth apologetics and how to do it. And I had just viewed apologists as kind of jerks that were arrogant and cocky and all about themselves. But the way that Jeremy was was trying to lead this ministry and working towards and getting speakers, he was just doing it in a different way that was more approachable and it was it was really attainable and assentable for youth and young people within the church. So. Now Jeremy is with Rethink 315, and he'll have some time to talk about that um, also. But I just want to encourage, if you're listening, you need to be considering how to integrate apologetics into your ministry. And guys like Jeremy exist to be able to help you to do that effectively. And uh, lean on his wisdom and experience. So, Jeremy, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. And uh, where are you right now? Look. <laughs> I am, I'm actually uh, I'm sitting in my driveway. In my little uh, hatchback car, so I can get some peace and quiet. You know, <laughs> even in these uh, uh, post-COVID, you know, work from home, everybody's doing webinar times. It's still just so hard for me to stay focused when I've got like a three-year-old running around with with sharpies, and uh, <laughs> and I got you know, but my wife's trying to like you know keep things organized and stay out of my way and. I just, you know, I've got a little space carved out for myself in the basement, but even down there, anytime people move upstairs, it sounds like elephants fighting over peanuts. So, so I just, I snuck out I'm in my driveway, in my car, just so that I could do this with you guys. Oh awesome. man. Well, thanks for doing that. So 
here's where we're gonna we're gonna go. Uh, we're talking practically about youth ministry, and in this case, uh, in your your line of work, apologetics. So give give us a case for why youth pastors need to pay attention and they need to invest in apologetics. Yeah, good question. Um, let, maybe before I answer that, if you don't mind, let's define our terms a little bit because that word uh, apologetics it just it means so many different things to so many different people, and so. While, um, and this is actually something that I love doing with students is kind of, you know, I'll do like an informal survey and I'll say, when you hear this word apologetics, what comes to mind? And oftentimes it's debating, it's arguing, it's, uh, you know, cross-examination, it's science, it's history, it's philosophy, it's, you know, defending, et cetera, et cetera. And while none of those answers are incorrect, um, as uh, you know, one of my mentors, Mark Ryan with the Schaefer Institute likes to say, he says apologetics is not less than that, but it's just so much more than that. Um, you know, if you look at first Peter three fifteen, which is kind of like the, you know, like the proof text for apologetics, right? If you go to an apologetics conference, that's gonna be on the bumper sticker of just about every car on the lot, right? Mm-hmm. So um so, so 1 Peter 3.15 isn't the only place where this word apologia is used, but uh, this is our proof text. And, you know, uh, Peter's essentially saying, like, always be ready to give this apologia, or some folks say apologia. I'm not a language expert, but what this word is usually translated to mean is a defense. And that's not, like, wrong, but... Um, as I've, you know, studied and listened to people smarter than myself, I've, I've come to learn that this word is, it's, it's almost like love, right? Like it's, it's a very layered word. And there's a lot of meaning in this word. And you can, uh, you could translate it to say, always be ready with uh, a response. Always be ready with an answer. Always be ready with an explanation. Always be ready to provide a word back to anybody who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. And yet, you know, do this with gentleness and respect. So, Apologetics um, at the pop level, I think, is is something that people associate with debates. Uh, they associate this with, with with folks that have spent a lot of time at school and have lots of letters behind their name and are, are you know really intimidating to talk to. <laughs> and and uh, and again, while while that's not necessarily wrong, um, the way we think about apologetics and the way the people that I um, love to work with, the people that I look up to, the way they're defining apologetics, the way I think even Peter is defining apologetics is simply just giving good answers to good questions with gentleness and with respect. Uh, sorry, that was a very long answer to a really short question, <laughs> but I do think the, the, the defining terms is really super important. Um, what was the rest of uh, the question? No, no, I was just basically give it, give a good answer <laughs> for why apologetics are important to be considered oh, yeah, and implemented yeah. in youth ministry. So it, yeah, yeah, right. Sorry to, um, I forgot that last bit because this is the youth pastor podcast, right? The practical youth pastor <laughs> That's podcast. Right. So, That's right. Yeah. Um, what, now, why is it important to incorporate this into the work that we're doing with young people? Well, t- 10 years ago, uh, when I first started, 
uh, booking speakers and, and surveying kids to get a read on the kinds of questions that they're asking and the kinds of questions they're being asked. So 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, let's say 2010, um, I thought it was important because uh, most kids have been brought up in a way, let's say most church kids have been brought up uh, learning about what Christians believe, like the, these propositional truths, right? Like doctrinal truths. Uh, what do Christians believe? Okay, that's a great question. Um, yet so few of them were actually taught like why it's believable. Why do we believe these things? What makes these things believable? Uh, most young people, I think, can, can rattle off a list of the things that Christians believe, uh, particularly Christians in their denomination or their tribe, right? But um, if you start pressing them and you ask them, like, well, well why, is, why is it believable? Or how would you explain this to someone else that, that doesn't think that this is true or that doesn't think that this is helpful or nowadays doesn't even think that it's, you know, healthy. Um, what, why, why is this believable? Well, that I think was the missing link. And, and you, you know, alluded to this when you were talking about hearing us on the white horse Inn, sort of talking about how important it is for young people to know, not, not just what they believe, which of course is important, but why they believe it and why both of these things matter. And so 10 years ago, I thought, man, I want to make sure that no kids are walking away from Christianity um, or, or more specifically like leaving the church uh, simply because they weren't given a good answer to a good question. Uh, I wanted to make sure that kids weren't going to um, embarrass themselves when, when folks ask them hard questions. So if you're a young Christian and your non-Christian friend is asking you something like, I wanted to make sure they had some pretty good answers to respond with. And those were good motives, but man, I mean, even since then, I think, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of my motivations have really changed and the way I approach apologetics and the kinds of speakers that I want to work with and that I want to introduce kids to it's just changed an awful lot. I mean, a lot of those motivators are similar, but, um, I've learned a, a whole lot since then. So in one of the things that, we try and do in this podcast is Chris keeps me in the dark as long as possible. So I can't meddle. So <laughs> while you've been talking, you know, I'm, I'm listening, I'm, I'm on your, on rethink 315 apologetics.com, your website. And as I'm listening to your heart and, and not just uh, using apologetics for equipping, not just weaponizing. And I'm like, man, this, he, that sounds so much like something you'd hear from like Frank Turret or from, um, from Sean McDowell. And then I scroll to the bottom in your endorsements. Your first one is from Sean McDowell and your second one is from Frank Turek. I was like, wow, that's for the people that are not familiar with the apologetics world. Those are two heavy hitters. And I'm just reading the stuff they say about your ministry. And I'm realizing I had no idea I was going to meet this Jeremy guy today via the podcast. Now that I'm listening to you, I'm like, man, you're, you're a pretty big deal in this space. So needless to say, I did sign up for your, uh, your email. I hope other people would do the same. Yeah, they should. Your website's great. Your form fills everything here on here is just snapping, but I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'm, I'm very invested in what this man has to say. 
Uh, well, I'm glad to see those endorsements. <laughs> they, they help. Thanks, Sean and Frank yeah. and everyone else. That's great, buddy. Um, Where would you say well, Jeremy so, is a good place to start for a youth pastor that's like, man, I, we don't do anything to dude, prepare a kids talk, for this? Talk about a redirect, Chris. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Am I part of this podcast? <laughs> Jeez, Jeremy. Forget Jeez, about I'm all sorry. the relational momentum we just had in this coming to understand. Chris has an agenda. <laughs> Dear gosh, can you can you and I talk offline after this? I think so. Yes. No, 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 Chris. I, I love I love you, but but Steve, I'll, I'll try to answer your question first, and then I'll jump back to uh, whatever Chris was asking. Go for it. Um, yeah. Well, so Sean and Frank, interestingly enough, these are a couple of guys that uh, that I I, I really. Uh, like I invaded their space in a sense. I, I invited them to speak at some events. I, I picked their brains. I paid close attention to their ministries and the things that they were doing. And of course, you know, there are a lot of other folks too that I've learned from over the years and I've tried to listen to. But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned those guys because they are, you know, they're, they're on the website and, and we still work with them from time to time on special projects. But um, man, and by the way, since Chris interrupted, I, I kind of yeah. forgot what your question was. I was expressing some some uh, some admiration here, but what I was yeah. going to ask is, is, is oh, as a resource, yeah. as a resource for youth pastors. So we'll throw Chris a bone here. Signing, signing up for um, the newsletter, which I think is always an important thing to get people involved in what you do. What, from a resource perspective, what could people expect? Are you just giving ministerial updates or do you have resources that are available through that? Because obviously we know the people you rub elbows with, you know. Well, I, I'm I'm nothing special. So w one of my advisory board members, uh, a, a guy by the name of Mike McClyman, he's someone that I really look up to and he happens to be here in St. Louis. He's a, a professor of modern Christianity at, at St. Louis University. He's written a few books, but... Um, I'm just fortunate enough to, you know, inhabit the same space and we've developed a rapport over the years. But, but anyway, Mike says this about me, he says, uh, and this is kind of controversial, so I'm not endorsing this figure, but, uh, and I'm not, not endorsing this figure, but he says, I'm kind of like the Joe Rogan of apologetics oh, yes. because I, I know enough to ask good questions. I, I know enough to engage in the conversations. I know enough to point people to the right resources or the right teachers, the right topics at the right time. But I myself, like, I am not an expert. I mean, we were talking, Steve, a little bit offline, and I, uh, you know, I was telling you, I, I didn't graduate from seminary, although I've taken, you know, quite a few seminary courses. Um, I don't have a lot of letters behind my last name, although I have a big library and I love to read. Uh, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm confidently curious, I guess you can say, and so, um, I try to seek out the people that are providing good answers to the questions that I'm asking, mm -hmm. uh, the good that are providing good answers to the questions that the kids that I care about are asking or the youth pastors that I'm friends with are asking. And so, um, you know, while I'm not a big deal, I try to seek out folks that are making waves in this space and I try to learn from them and listen to them. And I try to get them in front of the kids that I care about. Um, so I hope that answers your question. No, it does. And before Chris takes back <laughs> over, I just want to point this out too. I think that that posture is probably more effective uh, amongst the audience of these students and these youth pastors that that 
are coming face to face with these questions because if you were a Rhodes Scholar, there would be this understanding of, okay, well, he is an intellect at a different level. He is a professional. I could never duplicate what he can do. So I think that that organic kind of approachable nature to what you just expressed about yourself probably speaks volumes to kids because, again, it is about equipping, not about memorizing a script, not about making the right ontological argument at the right time. And so I think that probably goes... Uh, a, a long way. Chris yeah. is about to shut my microphone off. Go ahead. No, I was turning. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was, I'll say this and then we'll jump into some practical stuff. But I think that's kind of the secret of your sauce, Jeremy, is you are far more intelligent and well read than most people in your field that I know. And, but at the same time, if you go to one of Jeremy's conferences or the ones I've gone to in the past, He's not the primary speaker at these things. He knows how to connect kids with the right people. He's an assimilator. It's important. And and as a youth pastor, to take it to, you know, take the right-hand turn back into the practical part, uh, youth pastors, I think, and Jeremy, you know, speak into this, but a lot of youth pastors are trying to be the professional when they're addressing so many, like, wide and deep topics like astrology, age of the earth, like there's so many topics out there that people want to discuss and debate. But you, what your strength is, and I think what you modeled for me really well, and that I really took away every year was, though Jeremy could probably hold his own against a lot of people in a debate or oh, whatever, yeah. he's not after that. He's not after the win in the debate. He's trying to model and teach kids there are good answers. Mm-hmm. The gospel is true. And there are really good answers of good reasons of why we can trust what we trust. But you yeah. have some tools to go after those things. And I see youth pastor after youth pastor who try to do apologetics. One of the reasons that they fail is because they try to become the professional. And right. they think they've got to do all the speaking. They've got to do all the training. Yes. And that's why your ministry is just so important. And I'm not just pitching this because I, you know, I own 30% of his ministry. Which oh, I don't, but <laughs> but it's one of those things where no 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 this is important because youth pastors you, you, would, paid, you might have paid for thirty percent of it over the years. <laughs> probably, yeah. We had a great <laughs> yeah we did, right? <laughs> but like it's one of those things like don't try to be the professional here. Know what you need to know, but know what you don't yeah. know, right? And and assimilate the right people. And I just I think I've just found really really good success with Jeremy and his work. Uh, even going to the conferences and, and then every year having him come down with a team. And leading stuff and just being being there. So he's a guy's guy yeah. too. So he will goof off and hang out with you, which is I think why our relationships work. When, neither of us take ourselves too seriously. When you say he's a guy's guy too, do you mean he's also that amongst other things, or are you trying to say that you're a guy's guy? Because I would push back on that. No, no, I was saying in addition to his oh, other qualities, his he is a hats. guy's guy. He loves hanging out with men and okay. just shooting the bull and and hanging out. So he's okay. I'm saying that to say he's just fun to hang out with. Yeah. And we've been yeah. through a lot together, but but before we get too far from uh, this, this really important thing, Chris, that you said, I, I want to just I want to rewind a bit because you were talking about the tendency for youth pastors, and and I would argue even senior pastors and, and even parents sometimes that there's this there's this temptation to try to be a, an expert in every field because and I do think that most of the time it's 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 well motivated. I think it comes from a really good place. Like you just, you, you care about the person sitting in front of you. You're, you're concerned. You want to answer their question. And so what do you do? Like you, you try to become an expert. If a kid, you know, for example, you mentioned this, this is a popular one. If a kid asks, you know, deep questions or even some serious doubts about, 
the first three chapters of Genesis and, and contemporary science and scientific theories. And, you know, you want to help that kid. And so you try to become a scientist in this context. And, you know, depending on the research you do and how you're wired and the resources that you're tapping, maybe that works sometimes. But most of the time, uh, I think that that's it's not as helpful as actually directing the kids to a real scientist who shares your views and your values. Um, I think that's, you know, that's the, the magic. That's the secret ingredient, right? Like that's, that's the, that's the way to do this is to say, Hey man, great question. Uh, yes, the gospel, Jesus, uh, Christianity corresponds to reality. So if you have questions about some aspect of reality, whether that's politics or economics or history, or in this case, science, um, then yeah, there are good answers out there. And instead of trying to become a professional in this space that I know next to nothing about, why don't you and I go on a journey together and let's seek out, you know, let's seek out the scientists that love Jesus, that hold the Bible in high regard and let's ask them what they think about this, you know, and then mm -hmm. let's, you know, let's find those folks out there. And, and even if we find two, three, four people that have different opinions on this, at the very least, uh, we know that, that there are some options. Uh, we can highlight those opinions that correspond to our values or maybe our denominational distinctives or whatever mom and dad or pastor, you know, thinks is the right and appropriate way to go. But, Man, let's just, you know, let's tap the experts. Like, we don't have to be all things to all people. As a matter of fact, Chris, I remember early in my career, um, and it's not like I felt pressured to do this from my board or from the folks that I was accountable to, but I just personally felt like, man, I, I need to be an expert in New Testament textual criticism. You know, like, I need to yeah. be an expert in sexual ethics and, uh, uh, you know, go down, all the way down the line, right? And, and, I thought, you know, philosophy and sociology and economics, I needed to be an expert in all these things so that I could deliver, you know, three points, a, a joke, and uh, like a closing thought, right, on, mm -hmm. on all these different topics. And, man, that's just not the case. Like, that's the recipe for burnout. Mm. Um, that's the recipe, I think, also for um, for delivering bad talks. Yeah. <laughs> that's the recipe for, you know, maybe even leading kids in the wrong direction or leading them astray or disappointing people or whatever it is. And so, yeah, man, like for the youth pastors, parents, pastors, particularly for the youth pastors that are listening, man, I, I think all three of us would agree that you do not have to be all things to all people that you, you focus on those, those areas that God is really called you to and gifted you in whatever that is and for the rest of the stuff um just you know outsource 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 it, it demonstrates humility uh it demonstrates unity in the body it demonstrates all kinds of things that young people are you know that they're they're hoping that they'll see out of you and that your leaders are wanting to see out of you as well and so don't burn yourself out and don't say dumb stuff on a microphone, especially if it's being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. I, I think I, I think I have a question for next week that is robust enough, but still along this line that we probably should uh, we should fast forward to next week. And that leaves me to the closing. Thank you, Jeremy, for this episode. And we're going to come back for two more 
uh, sessions and series in this and uh, just continue this discussion about youth apologetics and apologetics in general. So thanks, guys, for joining us. We will see you uh, next week. And Jeremy, tell us where to go to to look up your website. Uh, the World Wide Web. <laughs> www.rethink315.com Easy to find. I think you can get there by .org and .net as well, but rethink315.com Awesome. And so uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Jeremy. Thanks for joining us.